Chapter sixty five of the Junior Classics, Volume eight Animal and Nature Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. The Junior Classics, Volume eight Animal and Nature Stories. Edited by William Patton a hunting of the deer by charles dudley warner the pleasurable excitement of a deer hunt has never i believe been regarded from the deer's point of view i happen to be in a position by reason of a lucky adirondack experience to present it in that light early on the morning of the twenty third of august eighteen seventy seven a doe was feeding on basin mountain the night had been warm and showery and the morning opened in an undecided way the wind was southerly it is what the deer call a dog wind having come to know quite well the meaning of a southerly wind and a cloudy sky the sole companion of the doe was her only child a charming little fawn whose brown coat was beginning to be mottled with the beautiful spots which make this young creature as lovely as the gazelle the buck its father had been that night on a long tramp across the mountain to clear pond and had not yet returned the doe was feeding daintily cropping the tender leaves of the young shoots and turning from time to time to regard her offspring the fawn had taken his morning meal and now lay curled up on a bed of moss watching contentedly with his large soft brown eyes every movement of his mother the great eyes followed her with an alert entreaty and if the mother stepped a pace or two further away in feeding the fawn made a half movement as if to rise and follow her you see she was his sole dependence in all the world but he was quickly reassured when she turned her gaze on him and if in alarm he uttered a plaintive cry she bounded to him at once and with every demonstration of affection licked his mottled skin till it shone again it was a pretty picture paternal love on the one part and happy trust on the other the doe was a beauty and would have been so considered anywhere as graceful and winning a creature as the sun that day shone on slender limbs not too heavy flanks round body and aristocratic head with small ears and luminous intelligent affectionate eyes how alert supple free she was what untaught grace in every movement what a charming pose when she lifted her head and turned it to regard her child you would have had a companion picture if you had seen as i saw that morning a baby kicking about among the dry pine needles on a ledge above the ausable in the valley below while its young mother sat near with an easel before her touching in the color of a reluctant landscape giving a quick look at the sky and the outline of the twin mountains and bestowing every third glance upon the laughing boy art in its infancy the doe lifted her head a little with a quick motion and turned her ear to the south had she heard something probably it was only the south wind in the balsams there was silence all about in the forest if the doe had heard anything it was one of the distant noises of the world there are in the woods occasional moanings premonitions of change which are inaudible to the dull ears of men but which i have no doubt the forest folk hear and understand if the doe's suspicions were excited for an instant they were gone as soon 
but suddenly she started head erect eyes dilated a tremor in her limbs she took a step she turned her head to the south she listened intently there was a sound a distant prolonged note bell-toned pervading the woods shaking the air in smooth vibrations it was repeated the doe had no doubt now she shook like the sensitive mimosa when a footstep approaches it was the baying of a hound it was far off at the foot of the mountain time enough to fly time enough to put miles between her and the hound before he should come upon her fresh trail time enough to escape away through the dense forest and hide in the recesses of panther gorge yes time enough but there was the fawn the cry of the hound was repeated more distinct this time the mother instinctively bounded away a few paces the fawn started up with an anxious bleat the doe turned she came back she couldn't leave it she bent over it and licked it and seemed to say come my child we are pursued we must go she walked away toward the west and the little thing skipped after her it was slow going for the slender legs over the fallen logs and through the rasping bushes the doe bounded in advance and waited the fawn scrambled after her slipping and tumbling along very groggy yet on its legs and whining a good deal because its mother kept always moving away from it shortly came a sound that threw the doe into a panic of terror a short sharp yelp followed by a prolonged howl caught up and re-echoed by other bayings along the mountainside the doe knew what that meant one hound had caught her trail and the whole pack responded to the view hello the danger was certain now it was near she could not crawl on in this way the dogs would soon be upon them she turned again for flight the fawn scrambling after her tumbled over and bleated piteously the baying now emphasized by the yelp of certainty came nearer flight with the fawn was impossible the doe returned ajad stood by it head erect and nostrils distended she stood perfectly still but trembling perhaps she was thinking the fawn took advantage of the situation and began to draw his luncheon ration the doe seemed to have made up her mind she let him finish the fawn having taken all he wanted lay down contentedly and the doe licked him for a moment then with the swiftness of a bird she dashed away and in a moment was lost in the forest she went in the direction of the hounds according to all human calculations she was going into the jaws of death so she was all human calculations are selfish she kept straight on hearing the baying every moment more distinctly she descended the slope of the mountain till she reached the more open forest of hard wood it was freer going here and the cry of the pack echoed more resoundingly in the great spaces she was going due east when judging by the sound the hounds were not far off though they were still hidden by a ridge she turned away toward the north and kept on at a good pace in five minutes more she heard the sharp exultant yelp of discovery and then the deep-mouthed howl of pursuit the hounds had struck her trail where she turned and the fawn was safe the doe was in good running condition the ground was not bad and she felt the exhilaration of the chase for the moment fear left her and she bounded on with the exultation of triumph for a quarter of an hour she went on at a slapping pace clearing the moose bushes with bound after bound flying over the fallen logs pausing neither for brook nor ravine the baying of the hounds grew fainter behind her but she struck a bad piece of going a dead wood slash it was marvellous to see her skim over it leaping among its intricacies and not breaking her slender legs no other living animal could do it 
but it was killing work she began to pant fearfully she lost ground the baying of the hounds was nearer she climbed the hard wood hill at a slower gait but once on more level free ground her breath came back to her and she stretched away with new courage and maybe a sort of contempt for her heavy pursuers after running at a high speed perhaps half a mile further it occurred to her that it would be safe now to turn to the west and by a wide circuit seek her fawn but at the moment she heard a sound that chilled her heart it was the cry of a hound to the west of her the crafty brute had made the circuit of the slash and cut off her retreat there was nothing to do but to keep on and on she went still to the north with the noise of the pack behind her in five minutes more she had passed into a hillside clearing cows and young steers were grazing there she heard a tinkle of bells below her down the mountain slope were other clearings broken by patches of woods fences intervened and a mile or two down lay the valley the shining ausable and the peaceful farmhouses that way also her hereditary enemies were not a merciful heart in all that lovely valley she hesitated it was only for an instant she must cross the slidebrook valley if possible and gain the mountain opposite the hunted doe went down the open clearing the fences splendidly flying along the stony path it was a beautiful sight but consider what a shot it was if the deer now could only have been caught no doubt there were tender-hearted people in the valley who would have spared her life shut her up in a stable and petted her the doe went on she left the sawmill on john's brook to her right she turned into a wood path as she approached slide brook she saw a boy standing by a tree with a raised rifle the dogs were not in sight but she could hear them coming down the hill there was no time for hesitation with a tremendous burst of speed she cleared the stream and as she touched the bank heard the ping of a rifle bullet in the air above her the cruel sound gave wings to the poor thing in a moment more she was in the opening she leaped into the travelled road which way below her in the wood was a load of hay a man and a boy with pitchforks in their hands were running toward her she turned south and flew along the street the town was up women and children ran to the doors and windows men snatched their rifles shots were fired at the big boarding-houses the summer boarders who never have anything to do came out and cheered a camp-stool was thrown from a veranda some young fellows shooting in a mark in the meadow saw the flying deer and popped away at her but they were accustomed to a mark that stood still it was all so sudden there were twenty people who were just going to shoot her when the doe leaped the road fence and went away across a marsh toward the foothills it was a fearful gauntlet to run but nobody except the deer considered it in that light everybody told what he was just going to do everybody who had seen the performance was a kind of hero everybody except the deer the courage of the panting fugitive was not gone she was game to the tip of her high-bred ears but the fearful pace at which she had just been going told on her her legs trembled and her heart beat like a trip-hammer she slowed her speed perforce but still fled industriously up the right bank of the stream when she had gone a couple of miles and the dogs were evidently gaining again she crossed the broad deep brook climbed the steep left bank and fled on in the direction of the mount marcy trail the fording of the river threw the hounds off for a time she knew by their uncertain yelping up and down the opposite bank that she had a little respite she used it however to push on until the baying was faint in her ears and then she dropped exhausted upon the ground this rest brief as it was saved her life 
roused again by the baying pack she leaped forward with better speed though without that keen feeling of exhilarating flight that she had in the morning it was still a race for life but the odds were in her favor she thought she did not appreciate the dogged persistence of the hounds nor had any inspiration told her that the race is not to the swift she was a little confused in her mind where to go but an instinct kept her course to the left and consequently further away from her fawn going now slower and now faster as the pursuit seemed more distant or nearer she kept to the southwest crossed the stream again left panther gorge on her right and ran on by haystack and skylight in the direction of the upper ausable pond i do not know her exact course through this maze of mountains swamps ravines and frightful wildernesses i only know that the poor thing worked her way along painfully with sinking heart and unsteady limbs lying down dead beat at intervals and then spurred on by the cry of the remorseless dogs until late in the afternoon she staggered down the shoulder of a bartlett and stood upon the shore of the lake if she could put that piece of water between her and her pursuers she would be safe had she the strength to swim it at her first step into the water she saw a sight that sent her back with a bound there was a boat mid-lake two men were in it one was rowing the other had a gun in his hand they were looking toward her they had seen her she did not know that they had heard the baying of hounds on the mountains and had been lying in wait for her an hour what should she do the hounds were drawing near no escape that way even if she could still run with only a moment's hesitation she plunged into the lake and struck obliquely across her tired legs could not propel the tired body rapidly she saw the boat headed for her she turned toward the centre of the lake the boat turned she could hear the rattle of the oarlocks it was gaining on her then there was a silence then there was a splash of the water just ahead of her followed by a roar around the lake the words confound it all and a rattle of the oars again the doe saw the boat nearing her she turned irresolutely to the shore when she came the dogs were lapping the water and howling there she turned again to the centre of the lake the brave pretty creature was quite exhausted now in a moment more with a rush of water the boat was on her and the men at the oars had leaned over and caught her by the tail knock her on the head with that paddle he shouted to the gentleman in the stern the gentleman was a gentleman with a kind smooth-shaven face and might have been a minister of some sort of everlasting gospel he took the paddle in his hand just then the doe turned her head and looked at him with her great appealing eyes i can't do it my soul i can't do it and he dropped the paddle oh let her go oh no was the only response of the guide as he slung the deer round whipped out his hunting knife and made a pass that severed her jugular the buck returned about the middle of the afternoon the fawn was bleating piteously hungry and lonesome the buck was surprised he looked about in the forest he took a circuit and came back his doe was nowhere to be seen he looked down at the fawn in a helpless sort of way the fawn appealed for his supper the buck had nothing whatever to give his child nothing but his sympathy if he said anything this is what he said i'm the head of this family but really this is a novel case I have nothing whatever for you i don't know what to do i have the feelings of a father but you can't live on them let us travel the buck walked away the little one toddled after him they disappeared in the forest 
End of chapter 65 End of the Junior Classics, Volume 8 Animal and Nature Stories Edited by William Patton